We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are you feeling right now? Man, it's hot down here in Melbourne right now, but nothing's hotter than Spencer Dinwiddie. Dude, talk about a clutch performance. Spencer pulled the clutch by himself at the end of the fourth. The Nets pulled it out in overtime. What a crazy game. Was this your favorite one of the season? And just to give the stats out there, the Nets won 145-142 in OT. And uh, make sure you tell them where they can find us as well, Nick, before I get uh, too involved with this thing, because I'm going to lose it. Before we get too deep in here, yeah, iTunes, Vlog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube with Jack go out oh man um i asked you before we buzz i'm like can i swear on this thing <laughs> I, I am hype right now i'm lit there was a an innumerable amount of cups like i was using holding down the nets republic page um this was one of my favorite wins isn't it i was saying the other night against boston that i was one of my favorite wins just because of the fact it was over boston but this win out of nowhere was uh, we from the abyss we were, I mean, I was tweeting out despondent tweets like, there's no way we're going to win this. No one's hot. We've lost the offense. The defense is not there. And then Spencer motherfucking Dinwiddie just, <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Hey, you said it, Jack. I mean, this one was lost. I think uh, there's a tweet out there. The Nets were down 14 with less than four minutes to go. And in the second half, they played with no juice, no energy. Nobody was hot. D'Lo, Spencer, they weren't playing great. Then all of a sudden, Spencer just flipped the switch in the fourth quarter. Next thing you know, they're in overtime. Next thing you know, they're down in OT. And then they're back up and they pull off the W. I mean, it was just an amazing performance from Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Damari Carroll, Joe Harris. Like, just so many guys in this team had big buckets. And not to mention, James Harden had another historical game. James Harden was crazy. He was terrible in the first half. Then the second half, 58 points, uh, 16 to 34, 5 and 19 from three. And the Nets still won. I don't I don't know, Nick. I, I just, I literally don't know. Uh, also, major shout out to Trevion Graham. Oh, probably yes. his, 
probably the best game of his young career. Um, we talked about him in the pregame. Um, we obviously, I was a, we started getting a little bit higher on him, and um, I'm, I'm going to take credit for this Spence performance because I spoke it into existence. <laughs> he, he was my big game performer, but literally in the last 26.2 seconds, 29 foot three, 28 foot three, 28 foot three. Um, you look up clutch in the dictionary, it's going to have a, a, a picture of this bloke. Dude, that was probably the most clutch performance of the season so far out of any NBA player to knock down three threes in that short amount of time. Like, could you think of anybody who had more clutch this season? That's some Tracy McGrady shit right yeah. there. That's some Reggie Mellis shit right there. Like, it's it's going to go down in the record books. Like, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stats tweeted out. Um, uh, everyone, better, everyone better pay attention to this team. Everyone better put some respect on their name. Everyone better have Spencer Dimity at the top of their six-man-of-the-year conversations because uh, we're coming. We're coming, baby. Yeah, like I was tweeting, I was uh, DMing you during the game, and I was like, yo, this team will not die. And like, even when they were down in OT, I was like, yo, they're going to make a run, they're going to get it close, and they pulled it out. I mean, from the Houston perspective, how pissed do you have to be to lose a game like this at home? I think from the Houston perspective, it was one that got away. And and I think it feels nice to be on the other end of one for yeah. once, Nick, because uh, this has happened to us plenty, including this season. Uh, it shows a real level of maturity. I, I couldn't give a shit about the Houston Rockets, to be honest. <laughs> James Harden was um, pissing me off like no other. I, I respect the hell out of him, but it doesn't mean I have to enjoy it. But um, I do enjoy this Nets team. I do enjoy Spencer Dinwiddie. 2020 game from Jared Allen. I, I love the post game. Um, you know, D'Lo throwing the water over Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, this team, man. I mean, just uh, this team. It's just, oh, come on. And pretty much uh, Jared Allen's, like, hometown. He had a lot of family at the game to come out and perform like that. Before we get deeper into the players, Jack, like, what does this win do for this team? You know, like, obviously, people are like, oh, it's a 1W. But this is an inspiring win. This is, like, a confidence builder against a very good Houston team. Yeah, they're banged up. But James Harden is an MVP player right now. What does this do for them? It is literally a game changer, Nick. Literally a game changer. I mean, in terms of the, you take these monumental occasions – and you look back on them and go, this is what changed them. We've already had many of those moments this season, but they keep on coming. They keep on coming. And I think that this is a sort of game that shows you can win from no matter what circumstance you're at. Uh, Spencer did when I'm going to quote him. He was speaking to Michael Grady after the game. He said that like there's this one, one of the few words that it's on Coach Kenny has made a real emphasis on is resilience. And if there's not a word that describes this team more than any other, it's resilient. Um, we saw that losing streak, and now it's it's a thing of the past. And uh, this team, man, I think you're gonna have to name this episode "This Team," man, because uh, yeah, I like I it. Can't, I can't. I mean, I just I just can't. I can't even. I feel like you know one of those BuzzFeed white girls. I can't even, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even, bro. <laughs> so yeah, no, this is this team. This resilience probably is one of the best words to define this team. That's been they've been resilient for years, but now it's finally all coming together, and they're really putting it out on the court. And I think teams are really starting to take notice. And this is a team, you know, obviously this is early, and I'm hyped off the win, but this is a team you do not want to see in the playoffs in a seven-game series because they're not going to make it easy for you. No, not at all. And I think, you know, we've proven we've beaten Boston, we've beaten Toronto. Those are two teams that... Beating Denver, um, beating, in, uh, beating Toronto, beating Boston. Like, there's, we've beaten a lot of the good teams in the NBA. The only good team we really haven't beaten is probably the Bucks and the Warriors. Yeah, and I mean, we've had our moments against those teams as well. So I think that the, we just play the right brand of basketball. You know, game by game, we do the right things. There's going to be lapses, but you cannot doubt the effort. And in an 82-game season, effort effort goes a long way. I think Charles Barkley, we might have mentioned, or it was a, a social media post, that teams that play with effort, you know, it goes a long way in a real slog of a season. 
And I think that more than any other team, and, and I mean, we've talked about the Indiana Pacers in terms of their depth, the way that they play good basketball. I don't think any other team shows more heart and effort on a night-by-night basis than the Brooklyn Nets. It doesn't mean we're going to win 50 games, but it's going to put us in there and it's going to endear us, not only to the fans, but the NBA public. Yeah, and even in a game where, like, in the third quarter and probably early in that fourth, you feel like they didn't have the energy, all of a sudden they turned it up and they just continued to compete and try to force their way to a win, and they popped it out. Like you said, doesn't mean they're going to win 50 games, but they're going to try to make you earn every single win against them. But get it into the players. Let's dive into Spencer. What did you like from him this game, other than, obviously, those amazing three-pointers in the fourth quarter? He got his killer mentality back, it seemed, Nick. He was just like, I'm not going to accept this anymore. I'm going to get the team on my back like he did plenty of times last season. He was driving to the rack. He was nailing the threes. His aggression, um, and it, it was inspiring stuff. Uh, I, I think, you know, we even during the game, it was like, what's what's Spencer's lost it? I, a few commenters were sort of saying, where's that killer mentality gone? What, what's, what's going on with Spence? Um, why can't we have the old Spencer back? But... I, I remember saying if it was the previous episode or the one episode before that I have the full, the utmost confidence in a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie. He remains very even keel, and this just proves that what he can do on a night by night basis. Um, yeah, he, even in this game, like you saw it, Jack, in you know in the second quarter he had an A on an ISO. He didn't drive to the rim. Third quarter, a flip switched. You know what I mean? He just started attacking again. Then he started knocking down those threes in the fourth quarter. Then in overtime, he was just attacking, attacking, attacking. He felt confident like he was taking over this game. Do you think this means he's due for a hot streak right now? Uh, I think that, you know, if it's not a hot streak, we're going to see at least him doing the right things and making the right decisions and just staying aggressive. Uh, I mean, that's a, a cliche saying in the NBA, but when it comes to the way that the Brooklyn Nets play basketball, if you show aggression, you can get the right calls. You know, we, we attack the paint. Um, when we attack the paint and, you know, we kick it out or, you know, get, get to the foul calls, that's when we look at our best. And I think Spencer, in the absence of Karis LeVert, sets the standard there. Um, and I think, you know, that we love D'Lo and his pretty plays and his lovely mid-ranges and his floaters. But Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie epitomizes what the offense is about. Driving and attacking, kicking it out, nailing threes and just doing some historic things, my dude. Yeah, it was it was pretty performance. I mean, who do you want to go to next? Jared Allen, I think I guess he deserves it. You know, first 2020 game of his career, 20 points, 24 rebounds, three blocks, including one monster block on James Harden. How many 2020s have been had by a 20-year-old, Nick? Let's get we need someone from basketball reference on the pod right now because I can't imagine it's too many that would have had 2020 games at his age. Um we spoke about it in the pregame. Uh, you, he was your man of the game. So I guess we, we both win to an extent. Um, but he was just uh, simply stunning in the way that he was out there. Yeah, and like he had that really dominant first quarter where it felt like he had three or four dunks. He kind of faded away, still was having his impact on the boards. And then in the fourth quarter and overtime, again, he kind of was a guy who picked it up. It's just nice to see these guys pick it up when it matters in the game. Also, shout out to him for six offensive rebounds. Also, Jack, you said the 20-year-old. Well, I wonder if there's any 20-year-olds that had 20 points, 20, uh, 24 rebounds, and three blocks. It's, it's. I, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find many guys like that. You'd have to go maybe to the Hakeems, the Wilt Chamberlains of the world. Um, you know, we need to get ESPN stats and info. We need to, we need to hire a stats guy for, for OGD basketball. Um, but it was, it was a stunning performance from a, a very special young player. And um, it's going to be... Uh, a fun few player breakdowns for this one and NBA play-by-play better be working because I want to rewatch uh, a heap of this stuff. Yeah, we said you need a Red Bulls last game. <laughs> you're definitely oh, going to need them tonight. No, I'm not uh, going to need them tonight, Nick. I'm going to be I'm going to be high on, naturally. I'm high on life, my dude. High on life. 
All right, Jack, who is the third best net tonight? Was it Damari Carroll or Trevion Graham? I think you could roll the dice on, each, on either of them, Nick. I think Trevion, 7-9 from the field, three three-pointers, four or five from the free-throw line, uh, and both of them were absolutely clutch defensively. Uh, despite the fact that James Harden continues to do just what James Harden does, I thought that each time that Trevion and Damari were on him, they played very, very capable defense. They forced him to make bad shots, uh, make bad shots, and he half the time he does because he's James freaking Harden, or just attack. And, and I think a lot of the time, um, more than none, then they made it tricky for him, despite the fact that he puts up nearly 60 on a nightly basis these days. Um, I think that they're, they're almost a dime a dozen the way they were playing basketball. They were hitting the threes, they were getting to the free throw line, and they were rebounding, and they were aggressive. And um, they were probably the two of the main reasons why we won this game, especially on the defensive end. Yeah, and they did a great job of keeping the Nets in the game. You know, we talked about the guys picking up in the fourth quarter. Damari was a guy who kind of kept kept the show going, 22 points. And Trevion, like, super efficient. We kind of talked about in the pregame show, you know, we haven't been super impressed, but he's still been back for only a couple games. Now he's starting to get his feet under him. This game's going to give him more confidence. One thing I really like from Graham in this game, he attacked the paint a little bit. He did, and he finished really well, like in – in terms of, I haven't seen that from him. I haven't watched a lot of Charlotte um, Charlotte footage of him in the past, but he just looked confident out there and, and he looked ready. He was just making plays on both ends of the floor in terms of his jumper looked nice. He was getting to, like we said, we're getting to the free throw line. Um, I, I think that this is, uh, like we sort of said, a turning point for the team. This could be a, a nice turning point for Trevion Graham. And um, I, I think that he, if he continues to play this way, um, he's a perfect fit in that starting lineup. Yeah, I think one thing that was on display, like you mentioned, the defense, his strength offensively driving to the rim, he would just kind of muscle guys to get into the paint and where he wanted to go. And if he can kind of build off of that and show something different to his game and continue to at least shoot a respectable three-point percentage, it's a nice find for the Nets. And it, it looks like the tides really turned for him, hopefully. And Damari, he's just that vet on this team. You know, he was frustrating James Harden a little bit in that fourth quarter. Like, obviously, you said, Jack, you're not going to stop him, but he did a good job of making his life at least a little bit more difficult. Uh, just got a Bleacher Report notification, Nicholas, and it is says Harden heated after loss. He yells the F word at the cameraman uh, or at the camera. So um, it, it feels nice to make a guy like James Harden uh, feel frustrated because uh, he was doing uh, that to, to us for most of the evening. Yeah, and honestly, the thing with James Harden that's the most frustrating, I, I don't really care about him getting the foul calls, to be honest. I'm more upset with the fact that you don't get the same foul calls on the other end of the floor. That's what's more frustrating. I don't care about him getting the calls, but if you're going to give him the calls, you better give our players the calls. It's almost like we, we sort of spoke about Joe Harris, and, and some of our guys, we talked about just the general strength of them. They don't fall. Like, they just stay super strong, and it looks like there might not be a foul call. So I'm not sure if that's something that the officials need to keep an eye on. It probably is. Or maybe our guys just need to fall to the ground a couple more times. You know, Spencer um, has been getting the calls a lot more uh, of late, but guys like Joe Harris, Trevion Graham, uh, Tamari Carroll, they can probably learn from a, a bit as well. He knows how to sort of flail. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's selling it. it. It's an art of the game. It's not necessarily flopping, uh, but it's part of the art of the game. It's not like to the extent of soccer or you know, for lack of a better player, James Harden. But um, I think that there's an element of that that the Nets need to get a bit more gamesmanship. But at the end of the day, we still got to the line uh, quite a lot. But, you know, uh, you can't necessarily compare that to a guy like James Harden. Yeah, well, looking at the comparison, Nets were 17 to 22. The Rockets were 29 to 34. And obviously, a lot of those came from James Harden. Your boy Joe Harris, though, another solid game. And we talk about it all the time 17 points, six of 12, two of four from three, seven assists. I, I wonder, is that his career hijack? Would you know? I mean, it would certainly be up there. Um, 
man, I'm going to have a long time doing this play right then. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I need to like somehow, Nets Republic need to give me some uh, a bigger paycheck for this stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, Joe Harris was just making the right plays. There was times where he was a bit frustrating defensively. Uh, he looked a little bit, uh, a couple of turnovers here and there, but he makes up for it more than then some, you know, plus 19. You know, the guys that we sort of talked about, you know, Joe Harris plus 19, Jared Allen plus uh, 14, Trevion Graham plus 15. Um, those guys just know how to get the job done and they were doing the right things. And I think uh, one uh, little tidbit for Kenny, putting the guys out there that were we've talked about in the past in terms of why isn't D'Angelo out there, why isn't Rodion's out there, he put out the guys that were making plays on both ends of the floor. You know, um, I, I saw Empty Puccio tweet, I'd, I'd like to see D'Angelo out there. I looked up the box score. He was minus 21. He wasn't making an impact. Um, he, yeah, he had 10.7 assists or, or whatever it was. But in terms of the impact, in terms of winning basketball tonight, he just wasn't there. And that's fine. You know, he was, I, I liked his third quarter. Um, he was doing some nice things then. But you sub in a guy like Spencer Dewey, he was just doing the right things and got us back into the game. So um, uh, nice little shout out there for Coach Kenny. Yeah, and as much as people criticize him tonight, it paid off. If he puts D'Angelo in there, the Nets probably don't win this game. That's not saying D'Angelo's a bad player, but Spencer was balling out. The other guys are playing great defense and putting a lot of pressure on the Houston Rockets, and they pulled off the W. So I think the coach deserves a lot of credit. And making the adjustment late in the game, he probably could have made it in that third quarter where they went away from the zone that they played pretty much from the – beginning of the first quarter on to all the way mid fourth quarter and they started going to man to man and I think that really kind of put more pressure on the Rockets to adapt just being able to change defenses and also they threw a couple double teams at Harden out there too yeah there was like an historic number of threes I think the most threes taken ever like over 100 obviously like 65 or so of those were from Houston's end but um, that's what the zone will do to you uh, but at the same time I think uh, it wasn't necessarily coach Kenny I think the zone can work but I think the execution and communication of it um was left a lot to be desired at times True. i think the, the rotations and the communication from some players um I, I was a little bit frustrated by by rodion's he needs to learn to go through the pick not go under it because every time he goes under it he's giving the guy an open shot and and i think he did that twice tonight and once he got punished for it with an austin Rivers three um he'll learn from it with us what we sort of talked about it um in the pre-game uh, where a, 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 one of our listeners asked the question, can he be elite defensively? Um, he needs to do those right things before he can, but um, he'll learn from it. But um, uh, it was just a wonderful performance and uh, one that'll go down the history books, Nick. Yeah, Rodion's, I think we got to take the good with the bad, like you said, Jack. Some of the basketball IQ plays out there, some of the bad fouls on James Harden and P.J. Tucker he just didn't need to do. But obviously he had a couple plays where he brings his energy. And just to give you the stats, you mentioned the threes. This does not even seem realistic. This seems like an error. The, the Rockets took 73s tonight. 73s. I said 65. I was five off. I'm just, <laughs> um, and there's 48 minutes in basketball. So that is nearly two, uh, one and a half threes per minute. So every second or third play, you're technically just taking a three. Um, and, and it's, I mean, obviously you go to OT, so it was about 50 minutes. So it, it's just, it, it's it's unheard of. But um, it's the modern NBA. Um, and at the same time, you know, a, a lot of the shots, you know, weren't coming down, weren't going down. They didn't shoot an amazing percentage. I don't, 32%. Again, that's that's below par. Um, and I think because they don't have the necessary acumen down low, they don't have guys like Clint Capella. Um, Nene was was good, um, but a guy like Marquise Chris is doing nothing. So you just got to play to your strengths and play to what's um, what's what's working for you. And for most of the night, it, it almost got them the win. Free throws and threes. Um, but at the end of the day... The Nets game plan just went out uh, thanks to some uh, big-time plays from some of our guys.
Yeah, and just to do the math really quickly, 73s, 35 two-pointers. So two-thirds of their shots were threes tonight. It's a lot of threes. It's a lot of threes. Um, it was it was annoying at times because I was just like, oh, here we go again. Um, but they weren't. Um, some of them weren't good threes. Some of them were bad rotations uh, by the Nets uh, in terms of like we, like we talked about with the defense. But um, we got the job done. So uh, I mean, that's that's all that matters. Talking about Golden State scored fifty one in the first quarter t- last night. The Nets scored forty six in the fourth quarter tonight. Forty six points in one quarter. Golden State who? I'm not I'm not aware of this team um but yeah I, I mean, it was it was I mean to, to 37 so it's not as if um you know the Nets are playing at, at otherworldly defense on the other end of the floor 83 points in one quarter um it's the sort of stuff you see in a half of basketball uh back in the 2000s and, and the late 90s but um I, I think it was just it was just big time plays Nick it, it, it didn't even feel like it was 46 points. It was similar to like when you're watching a James Harden game. It's like, oh, he's got 55 points. Oh, I didn't even know that. It, it was the same with that. You know, there was just, we were just executing. Uh, I'd love to see the field goal percentage in that last quarter because it seemed like everything was going down. Beat the threes, the, the guys were getting and one plays. Uh, everything was, was just, um, everything went our way. And it, and it was about time that our basketball karma went the next way. Yeah, it really was. It was just amazing to see. And just to pull off a clutch like that in the fourth quarter and just play some great offensive basketball and just continue to put up shots, especially when the other team is scoring. Jack, who else do you want to talk about in this game? Anything statistically from a player perspective or you want to look more at the team? Oh, I thought just um, we touched on Rodion's a little bit. Um, he still makes good plays uh, overall, uh, especially offensively and especially in getting his hands in the passing lane and in terms of like he's going to become maybe not an elite defender, but an elite uh, read defender in terms of steals and, and using his length. So I really liked his game. I, I love his aggression. I love his, his cutting. Um, I think that teams need to scout him a little bit better. Uh, I think they are, but he's just playing better basketball at the same time. But um, this was one of the better wins uh, that I've ever seen as, as a Nets fan. It was uh, it, it was something to behold. Yeah, and offensive rebounds too. Rodion does a great job of kind of sneaking in there and getting an easy putback for the team, especially when you need it. Uh, we saw Rondé and Shabazz return tonight. What do you think of those two? Uh, I, I thought Baz was okay. Uh, I, I thought Rondé um, offensively, it, I didn't really notice him that much. Um, but it was nice to have those guys out there to give, you know, guys like Joe Harris a little bit of a rest every now and then. Um, And they'll be good for the run. Yeah, they'll be good guys to have, good to have the depth. I think Rondé, in my opinion, looked a touch slow when he first came out there. He was a little bit stiff, which is expected after an injury. Shabazz, we know what to kind of expect from him. He's a little bit hot, a little bit cold. Some games he's going to score big. Some games he's going to struggle with his size. And I thought, like, uh, Houston did a good job being physical with him. Also, just taking a quick look at the numbers, uh, your boy, uh, Joe Harris, 43 minutes. Jared Allen, 43 minutes tonight. Yeah, it's um, probably the most of his career, uh, and, and it was well-deserved. We sort of talked about having the luxury uh, of having two um, bona fide awesome centers out there, and, you know, Ed Davis only played six or seven minutes. Um, and tonight it was just Jared Allen's night, and he showed that this is this is a game for him. This is a, this is a game for him that gives him confidence going forward. Um, there were still a couple of moments where I, I would like him to go up a bit harder, show a bit more physicality. In terms of that three to five foot range, I think he needs to be a little bit better, um, but I'm nitpicking uh, somewhat. One play I did like from Ronde, just touching back on him, was when he just ran the, the quarter in, in transition, and that just showed we sort of talked about he looked a bit stiff. Um, that sort of blew out a, a few cobwebs as well. And another shout-out for Rodion's was that touchdown pass from Spencer Dimity, which was absolutely sublime. 
Yeah, and talking Rondé, I think the play you mentioned, that's probably his best skill in the Nets. When he's able to take the rebound and push it against the opposing big and get yourself an and one and really attack the rim, that's just easy buckets. Pretty much the same thing for the touchdown pass, too. Anytime you can get easy buckets in transition, that's just a game changer. And I think that that's what you can do against this Houston Rockets team who can be um, a little bit lax in terms of they've taken a step back in their defense. You, know, you want to push the pace a little bit. That's when the Nets look their best. And that sort of um, in that first quarter and in that fourth quarter, we were pushing the pace a little bit more, getting out in transition, guys are making the right passes and just executing uh, in a much better range. But, you know, we shot almost 52% from the field. Um, it, it'd be pretty interesting to see uh, how many teams, uh, if we had have lost the game, shoot over 50% from the field and still lose the, the contest. But um, it, it shows that Houston just don't have the defensive cattle right now. And I think um, some other teams may be able to use that next first and fourth quarter as a blueprint. Yeah, very true, especially with the injuries that they have. And we didn't even mention this. This is the first time the Nets are 500, you know, again, this season, 23 and 23. And it's probably the latest they've been 500 in the season in a couple of years now. So this is kind of a big accomplishment for, you know, Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks and the entire squad. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you take the little victories, the little achievements along the way. Um, but I think a lot of our guys are hungrier for bigger and better things, you know, this season and beyond. Um, and that's what we love about them. You know, we sort of e echo that mentality, that that, uh, that sort of uh, what they sort of want. Their goals uh, are similar. You know, they're changing by the day. You know, we don't want just the, the eighth seed. We want a sixth seed. We want the better matchup. Um, but if we continue to play the way we're playing, you know, the, the playoff is going to take care of itself. Yeah, seven seed right now, tied with Miami. I believe they have the tiebreaker. Technically only four games back behind Boston. Boston had a nice win tonight over Toronto, but just something to consider. Jack, I asked you this a couple episodes ago. What is your confidence uh, percentage at the Nets making the playoffs now? It's 53. I'll go up 2%, Nick. I'll go to 55. Two percent, Jack. Come on, we just. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm gonna... what, what is it going to take to get you higher? I'm what is gonna... it going? It's just you can't. You can't with me, mate. I predicted a Nets loss by three points, and it nearly happened. You predicted the win. Um, it's why we balance each other out so well. It's the yin. It's the yin and the yang, my friend. Um, uh, you you can't be higher than what you were before. Sure. What I say, seventy five percent last Something time. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel pretty good, and the Nets are making me look pretty smart right now, especially with wins over Boston and Houston. So, and they're both, you know, just just a really good stretch right now for Brooklyn. What are they, fifteen and five over the last twenty games? Yeah, I, I think it's probably one of the best. I think it was the second best stretch of the NBA. Um, I think that the, if the, we keep playing the way that we are, we're just. Uh, funnily enough, Nick, uh, just on 538, just quickly jump to it, 72% uh, chance to make the playoffs projected for 39 wins. Um, so it's closer to you than it is to me. Yeah, wow, I guess I got some statistics. And actually, before the season started, obviously, I didn't predict a Levert injury. I had 38 wins, and they're even beating that, and everyone thought I was crazy. I got some shade on Twitter for predicting 38 wins for the Nets, and it really looks like they could win 40-plus games right now. Well, I prefer to be pessimistic and be pleasantly surprised. I've said it before. Um, it just makes for an easier life, uh, Nicholas. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low, as they say. But um, uh, another little shout-out for the 29 assists tonight, um, especially it. early on. I remember you said, was it 12 or 14 in the first yep. quarter or two? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's when the Nets are playing their best basketball, when that ball is fizzing around. Um, some really pretty passes, some pretty um, offensive schemes and offensive plays tonight. Yeah, and only 13 turnovers. Obviously, Houston only had eight. But 13 turnovers in a game like this with a high pace, 108 shots, you know, an overtime game, that's not bad. They did a pretty good job taking care of the ball tonight, too. 
Yeah, and I think that the turnovers have become, you know, uh, a, a thing of the past. It was sort of like an, a, 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 an element of immaturity uh, in terms True. of the way that the, the Nets would play in the past. And I can't think of a better term for it, but the Nets are just playing steady basketball right now. There's going to be plays. They're human beings. Um, and it doesn't make it any less frustrating. But at the same time, you know, it, it's the, the type of turnovers, the live ball turnovers. Those sort of bad ones have been eradicated. And the Nets are playing very steady, very entertaining. Uh, I think that they're soon enough, if they're not already, they're going to become everyone's favorite player. And for all the NBA beat writers, Bill Simmons, everyone else, it's Rodion's Kurutz. Yeah, Coda Jack for all the pronunciation. He kills it on every single <laughs> show. <laughs> I know uh, Corey definitely could use his help on a couple names. <laughs> uh, Jack, Richard Jefferson brought this up. Also, shout out RJ. He's amazing on the broadcast. He, he's just oh. like one of my favorite players, and just his personality is so awesome. But he brought it up. He felt like if the Nets won this game, they could possibly go on a winning streak. Do you think that's a potential right now? Oh, I think it certainly is, Nick. Um, and I think as well, it's, he said it was one of the best games, the best sporting matches he has ever seen. So, I mean, that says, that says, an app, that says the whole heap. You know, going forward, there's going to be some tough matchups. And you don't get any easy wins in today's NBA. But, you know, going against Orlando, Sacramento, Orlando, and the Knicks again, uh, those are all very winnable games. But all of those teams are going to be motivated to get the W because Sacramento are fighting for the playoffs. Orlando after tonight's OT, did they lose to, to Detroit? Yeah, I believe they... they lost to the Pistons, yeah. So they're, I think, um, three games behind the Nets right now. They lost an OT. And I'm worried about a guy like Vooch going forward. So if we did the pregame again or you know, just go, when I did the pregame for Nets Republic, um, th there's no easy wins in today's NBA. You know, Maybe if you verse the Cavs every now and then, but even then, <laughs> you know, we've, we've lost to them and they've beaten yeah. the Sixers. Um, uh, you've got to be on. You've got to be ready. And that's one thing that we love about this Brooklyn Nets team. They'll have a bad quarter here and there, but they're always going to give their heart um, and the effort is going to remain top notch. Yeah, it was really impressive. And honestly, I expect to see D'Angelo bounce back. He's had some really nice games against Orlando in the past. So uh, I'm really looking forward to Friday's matchup. Jack, any final thoughts on this one before we get out of here? Yeah, Nick, um, just get around the Nets, guys. Brooklyn Buzz, Nets Republic, all those avenues, OGD basketball. Um, we're going to be dropping fire content. Um, I'm going to be putting in some work for, for this uh, for this matchup especially, and uh, make sure you stay tuned. Yes, sir. Jack, check out Jack's video breakdowns. They're seriously like one of the best things on the internet, especially if you're a Nets fan and you want to have a deeper understanding for players and their development and their skill set. You really see a lot with the, the video clips that Jack does. So check that out. And as always, check out the buzz, iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Go Nets! Go Nets! Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.